We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome one and all. This is the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by, of course, Frances Tomas and myself, Dan Hilton. We are delighted to have you listening once again some of our opinionated takes on the hottest breaking stories from the Camp Nou. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. Like us on Facebook as well. Check out our, our different website links, and you can also get some exclusive deals that we have shared for you in the description. Let's get started. Today, Frances, we're talking about the one guy that seems to be on everybody's lips right now, and that is Marco Verratti, the Italian midfielder. This is the first week now where while he does have offers from a lot of European clubs to be taken away from PSG or Paris Saint-Germain, Barcelona seem like they're the ones that keep popping up the most other than Juventus. And for Barcelona, it looks like they could even get into a bidding war. There seem to be meetings between Barcelona and PSG sporting director in Antero Enrique. But Enrique, as we've heard him so many times through the years, doesn't want to sell any of his players. Though according to La Parisian, the newspaper, of course, in Paris, they have been explaining that the club's plans is to take a bid to sell the player that he wants to build a side around, but to raise that bid to a point where it kind of scares other clubs off. But as we're seeing between Barcelona and Juventus, it's very difficult to get a number that's going to scare those kind of top clubs away. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that Barca have been put in, I would say, pole position to, to sign Verratti this summer. Um, we've said it many times before, Verratti is the player that Barca need right now. Uh, Barca's midfield has struggled to um, reach the heights that they have done over the past. And um, we need someone to reinvigorate the central midfield. We need someone who can take control of games. We need a, that special player that can take um, Iniesta's button into the future. And uh, without a doubt, having so much media around the world sort of together agreeing that Barca seems to be the, the desired destination for the player was he to leave PSG um, is really, really encouraging. And uh, Barcelona City and the millions of culés around the world, I think, are very hopeful that this is actually going to happen this summer. Yeah, the, his agent has said that they will not close the door on an exit. Of course, PSG, as I mentioned, their desire is to keep him at all costs. They will not um, willingly sell the player without uh, tons of negotiation and a whole lot of money. Um, but I think the one thing, even though PSG, of course, gave Barcelona quite the scare this year, of course, in the Champions League, 
you look at the success of PSG, where a few years ago, particularly when they brought on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they wanted to be that next club, take the next step into being a Real Madrid, a Juventus, a Bayern Munich, a Barcelona. The PSG have just seemingly not been able to break through that glass ceiling. So if you're a player like Verratti, I think Barcelona is still a step up. Um, and he's a player that throughout his career has just slowly built and taken the next step and step and step. And now again, in his mid-20s, it seems like Barcelona could be that next step up. And I'll just run through real quick some of the facts about Marco Verratti being a youth player. Pescara is where he made his start. Of course, Pescara, one of those longtime clubs in Italy. Then he made the move to PSG in 2012, and he's made over 130 appearances since then. He scored five goals, which doesn't sound like a lot, but again, we'll get to exactly why five goals isn't much, but yet what he does is so important in a minute. He was first introduced to Barcelona, of course, in 2014, if you remember, a Champions League group stage game where he scored a winning header goal in a 3-2 win for PSG. And now talking about his playing style, Frances, and my question for you is how is he going to fit into Barcelona because his scouting report basically compares him to Andre Pirlo, of course, a longtime Italian midfielder who played for both Inter, AC Milan, Juventus, uh, the like. As just like Pirlo throughout the years, Verratti transitioned from being, I'll use two Italian words, I'll try my best, and of course Italian fans can give me the rap for my pronunciations, but a trecartista to a regista. So a trecartista, meaning an attacking midfielder, and of course it's a little more nuanced than that, but they're known for their touch, they're known for their vision, and they're not necessarily known for having traits that a forward would have, like holding the ball up with their back to goal and things like that that you'd think a, you know, that a traditional forward would have, or even a secondary striker, but it's more just a basically an attacking midfielder in all the senses of the word in the middle of the field. Um, and then he again has moved back to become a regista, which has basically become synonymous with a deep line playmaker or a, you know, a Xabi Alonso, the Pirlos of the world and players like that. And so I think that's where people as a deep line playmaker see Verratti's future and collecting th a seven assists this season, along with three goals, 39 appearances. He also has made 88% of his passes on a team that made less than that. Let's put it that way. Like Barcelona's players, you expect them to all be in the high 80s, low 90s. But when you're on other teams that don't necessarily possess the ball um, or who don't choose to possess the ball in that manner like PSG did, who play a little more counterattacking sometimes, 88% is pretty good. He also had about three tackles per game to win the ball back. And those are the things that the fans are more excited about than his goal output. So as you break him down for it, says my two questions for you then would be, does Barcelona truly need another midfielder who doesn't necessarily get on the score sheet? And that said, you are, are we basically agreeing that he is the guy who's going to supplement Sergio Busquets? Or is he a guy that you expect to play in front of Busquets, though, because Busquets still has a few years left in him? And instead, Verratti, you want to replace Iniesta? Yeah, um, I think that everything that you just said sort of comes back to the fact that we're talking about a really, really skilled midfielder. A player that can go into the Barca starting eleven and have an impact. Right now, given Busquets' um, peak and, and skills and, and still the fact that he's very dominant, um, I would say that he needs to play in front. And I do see him taking Iniesta's spot, either that one or the one on the other side for Rakitic. Whichever one it is, the most important aspect of this is that he is going to make an impact. He's going to add his creativity, his agility, his quickness, um, his te technical ability to the midfield and then make an impact 
in that respect. Um, I like the fact that he's a player that has always enjoyed having the ball. Um, he has he comes from Italy, which traditionally is not necessarily the most gifted country in terms of uh, taking care of the ball and, and playing attacking football. But um, I think his step, I would say, up from uh, Pescara to PSG helped him understand that you know you can control the basics of defense, which obviously he does have as a great Italian player. But um, it's all about moving the ball forward and making an impact in the trequartista, which is the third quarter of the pitch in front of him. Um, I like the fact that he's um, he's mastered long and short passes. Um, he is not scared of crossing the ball whenever needed if he gets into really advanced positions, which he does do sometimes, given his um, positioning and uh, ability to overlap even if needed. He can play the final ball into the area. Um, he is really, really crafty in keeping position, uh, sorry, possession and not losing his, the ball easily at all. And uh, I think he's a really high-class player that Barca could definitely do with. Now, given the, the, given the marking that he's going to be facing, it, it's great to point out that he's got really notable driving skills. His reactions are very quick and uh, he likes controlling the ball when it's really close to him. So even if he was under pressure surrounded by many players, which is going to happen to him, let's face it, um, he's got the skills to get out and make something happen. I like the fact that he's confident, that um, he's self-assured. I like the fact that he's a team player. He makes everyone around him better. And uh, I think that Barca could really do with someone with his vision and his range of passing. Now, coming back to your question about um, he doesn't score many goals. Well, all right, no, he doesn't. And uh, at Barca, there is a chance that he will increase his return. But at the end of the day, I'm not too bothered about that because we've got the best three um, forwards in, I would say, world football right now. Um, obviously, there's other attackers that are really good in other teams. But I think given the way that the MSN combine with each other, and they can always find each other um, up front. I would say that, you know, if Verratti doesn't score more than, say, five, six goals per season, that should be fine because the front three are monsters and uh, they easily hit 100, 120 goals per year. So if Verratti can make um, the midfield more dominant, I think that's definitely a plus and we should, we should be, we really should be pushing as a club and in this terms, the board should be pushing for Berratti to make it to Barcelona, undoubtedly, even if he doesn't score many goals. If PSG makes it his decision or, or lets him choose whether or not he wants to leave ultimately, you know, you look at the fact that, again, Barcelona had that miraculous comeback against his team with him playing this season, also AS Monaco winning league on, I think, of all other seasons that he's had, where Verratti has taken home some silverware at PSG. This is the season. Now, of course, they did win the, the cup in France, but... Nevertheless, you know, not winning the league and not winning Champions League and getting eliminated by Barcelona again, this could be the season, I think, where Verratti might, you know, almost second-guess himself that he has, again, a, a place to win the Champions League at PSG. So I think that's the point his agent is making as well. And I think that's why, you know, Juventus and Barcelona are circling around, you know, like vultures, knowing that if they're going to pull him away any season, it's going to have to be one where he didn't necessarily even individually, he had a great season that his team necessarily didn't have the most productive season when all is said and done. Um, the one thing, though, that I was thinking, Francesca, that 
while bringing in Verratti would be exciting. Of course, now, other than Arda Turan, who is obviously, as we've talked about, kind of been our first choice as the midfielder who is, you know, going to have to see his way to the door this season to make room for other players. But other than Turan, um, I think bringing in Verratti would mean that one of Rafina, Denis Suarez, or Andre Gomez would have to be on their way out. And so I would implore our fans, kind of respond to us. And if you had to pick between the three, which of those players, and we've talked about it in the past and we'll talk about it in the future, but we asked fans, which of those three players do you see being the one that is going to have to, you know, find their way out of the Camp Nou just to make room for Verratti to come in? Yeah, I, I would definitely ask our fans to um, to have a go in the debate, but uh, I'm going to go with, um, if, I, if I was Bush, it would be Rafinha right now. Denis Suarez also has to prove a point, but I think Rafinha has had a longer time to prove his worth at Barca. Um, we can't forget that this is a player that was a Barca B as well. They moved on to Celta with Luis Enrique, which uh, I think a lot of people forget that he's no longer a manager. And uh, he was, you always used to have Rafinha under his wing. He was like Rafinha's sponsor wherever he's gone. So without Luis Enrique here, it would, I would be really interested to see whether Valverde continues to trust him or actually um, moves Denis Suarez ahead of him in the pecking order. Also, as you mentioned, Andre Gomez has to step up. Um, a lot of people at the camp know were very critical of him, particularly around the January, February, March stint. Uh, I think he picked up again at the end of the season, similarly to Alcácer. So um, out of the ones you mentioned, I think Arda Duran, you know, if we can get 20 to 25 to 30 million for him from anyone in China or anyone in any other country, um, that still thinks Turan has a chance, then you know I would welcome that with open arms. I think I'll do um, a transfer dance for them, or maybe they don't want to see that. But anyway, it's just who's going to make way? Well, it has to be Rafinha at this moment in time. But I would say if Barca desperately need the money and we've got a great offer, yeah, consider it. Otherwise, if you're going to sell it on the cheap or sell him for less than his worth, then keep him as well. I think it all comes down to how much money uh, the Barca board are thinking about allocating to transfers. But And this links back to three episodes ago when we were talking about uh, the chance of Bellerin coming to the camp. No, if, you had to sign t- if I had to sign two players right now, it would be Berratti first and Bellerin second. So if you're looking at 120 million euros combined, or 130, 140 maybe, million euros combined for them, I would invest it. But the thing is, in order to invest that much money, you need to have made at least 60 or 70 million out of transferring players that you've got right now. So it all will all come down to money at the end of the day. And speaking of players that are going to leave the club, I think it all comes down to those players that are in Ernesto Valverde's plans or not. And he's going to be pretty much, at this point, other than the board, the final decision as to which players have a future, at least this season, in Barcelona and one of those players that most likely won't be having a place at the camp now this season, of course, the Belgian defender, Thomas Vermeulen. And I think a lot of Barcelona fans have forgotten that he was even a Barcelona player. He's been on a loan spell with Syria outside Roma this past season. That loan has ended, so he's going to be returning to Barcelona. But he won't be there probably for very long as he's already told his agent, or Barcelona have told his agent they plan to move the Belgian defender, that he's not in the plans. And... They've already begun talks with a number of Turkish sides, and the Catlin Club know they won't get a big fee, of course, for the defender who, again, he's only 31 years old. 
but yet he seems so much older due to all his injuries. He made 11 appearances and scored just one goal for Barcelona in all of his time in the Blagrana uniform. It was a win against Malaga back in 2015, but he did cost the club 15 million euros, of course, coming over from the Premier League. And while Vermillion wanted to get back to the Premier League, none have showed any interest in him, of course, with all his injury troubles in Italy. And even for a Turkish club or a smaller club like that in the world, he's still kind of a liability. And that just tells you exactly you know, how important those injuries have been to derailing his career. Um, and even Padiskas, the Turkish club, they are wanting a loan with an option to buy for around 5 million euros, but that's all dependent on the number of games he plays. And so, Frances, you know, we talked about it in one of our first episodes as some of the players that really did not have a very good time in their careers at Barcelona. But I think this goes back to the unfortunate part of it is when you sign a player for 15 million euros, it's almost difficult to unload the player. Even when you know that, you know, you're not going to get much for him, you still have to be paying his wages. So, of course, Barcelona would still love to free up a few, you know, dollars here and there on their wage bill just because of how much they'd have to pay him per week to have him sit on the bench. Yeah, this is a player that wasn't necessarily playing much at Arsenal either. Um, in 2011, 2012, 2013, there was 40 appearances followed by 39. But before that, in 2010, 2011, he made five appearances. Then moving forward to 2013, he made 21 appearances. So this is a player that came to us injured. Um, no one, well, not very many people understood the fact that Barca was spending that sort of money on a player that was most definitely going to be injured for most of his career. Um, it's not that you know we're short of centre-backs in, in world football. And at the time... He signed in 2014. At the time, we had Mar Bartra coming up through La Masia ranks. And they actually, between Fermat and Armatier, which we spoke about in a previous episode, they actually took playing time away from Bartra when actually, thinking back, could, could have been a great chance for the Catalan youngster to actually establish himself in the first team. Um, don't get me wrong, he, if, if Fermat had been um, healthy and not suffering from countless injuries as soon as he wakes up in the morning then he probably could have been good. He's, um, when he's fit, he's got great aerial ability. He's a leader. He was captain at Arsenal, so he's got leadership skills. He's quick with the ball in his feet. He's quite good at getting the ball played from the back and uh, building from there, moving forward. Um, he's an intelligent guy. He knows about positioning. When fit, he's actually quite, he was actually quite speedy. And um, very efficient when put in one-on-one -on -one situations. So, if he hadn't been injured for so many games and for so sort of long stints throughout his career, he would actually he could have been one of the best European defenders of the decade. But Barca made a huge mistake signing a player that they already knew had problems of any sort of sort. Now, doing the research before the episode, um, I actually read that. Um, in his last year, this recent year in Roma, he suffered from a hand injury, which is really strange. It's like he's a school teacher trying to uh, do some marking. It's just bizarre. Um, he's got calf injuries, hamstring injuries, thigh injuries. And, uh, you know, long story cut short, I think Barca need to get rid of him. Uh, Say so thank you very much for your services. I hope you enjoyed all the money we paid you over the years. And uh, offload him. If Besiktas won him 
on loan and then they may give us five million, then just have him. You know, I don't think he's a player that we can make any profit out of. Um, I would be surprised if the board managed to get more than one, two million for him because his stock is just so, so low that um, we just have to end it here, really. So you're saying, you're not saying that uh, the sell of Familian could potentially pay for Verratti. That's that's not a possibility? <laughs> no, definitely. Definitely not. I think the money we're saving in paying for Malian's salary could help towards it. Uh, the moment we, the the money that we could potentially save by offloading Mathieu, Arda Turan, that would also help. So yeah, we're not going to make much money out of selling him, but we're going to save quite a bit by not having him with us. Yeah, so I guess if PSG is asking for $100 million for Verratti, we, we could give them $99 million plus per million, and maybe they'll go for that. I'm sure they will, and they give us Marquinhos to us as well um, in the pack. That would be fantastic. <laughs> well, going through some dream trade and transfer rumors, and that kind of brings us to our fan mail question of the day. Frances comes from Dean, and he says, would the board spend the kind of money needed to sign Nelson Semedo? who the club has been linked with from Benfica in Portugal. And, of course, we've already talked about Verratti and Usmani Dembele as well of Borussia Dortmund in Germany. And he says that while Dembele, as we've talked about, might be a little bit surplus in this window, Dean disagrees and says that there is needed quality cover, and he thinks Dembele could be the guy for that because he says we need a right back, a center midfielder, and a front man if we're going to win La Liga or the Champions League and Frances, what my response, at least my knee-jerk reaction to Dean would be, is that, well, as we just talked about on this podcast, is that if you want to bring in those three players in particular, where Semedo seems to be going for 40 to 50 million, Verratti close to 100 in today's transfer, as well as Dembele being probably upwards to 60 or 70, again, one of the best young teenagers in all of world football. So those three combined are going to be more than 200 million euro. And regardless of who the club gave up, I think other than the likes of Neymar and Messi, it would be quite difficult to fund such a big transfer window for all three players. So I think as we had talked about, I think the club is basically going to have to pick either between two of them or depending on the price of Verratti, potentially just one. Yeah, I don't think that unless you're playing FIFA on the PlayStation, you'll be able to get Semedo, Verratti and Dembele to Barca next season. It's just not um, not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, I think I do agree with Dean when he says we need a right-back and a centre midfielder. Um, and that's what I said earlier. I think Bellerin or Semedo, but I would prefer Bellerin because he's already been at Barca. He knows our systems and uh, he would add that extra bit of speed that I think we are missing. Uh, centre midfielder, we just spoke about Verratti. Front man... Yeah, I agree we need a frontman, but I think the frontman that we need is actually with us already. I think that Alcácer should be able to step up and uh, give Messi, Suárez, Neymar enough of a rest during La Liga so that they can excel in the Champions League over the first four or five months of the of the campaign. And then when it gets to February, March, the front three MSN start playing every game or pretty much every game in there with um, Alcácer coming in the last, say, 30, 40 minutes of the game in order to modify it. So I think the frontman comes down to the amount of rest that um, the MSN actually do get in the first part of the season. I've got high hopes that Valverde is a clever man that would have seen that. I think it's obvious. I think blind people could see it as well. So I think it's something that we 
need to be moving towards. So giving the front three more rest and trusting Alcácer to prove his worth and actually um, start delivering on the transfer that he had. And we do appreciate the question, of course, from Dean and all of our fans who are sending us these questions. And of course, if you either on Facebook or anywhere else on social media, you can tweet it to us at the Barca blog. Of course, send us your questions. And the big question that we've been asking this week in particular is we've talked about Semedo, Verratti, Dembele, Bellerin, but who are some other players that might be a little more affordable that Barcelona could sign this summer? Please let us know, as I mentioned, in the comment section below or anywhere else across social media. And also like us, subscribe, and send us a review. And that really does help the Barcelona podcast continue, helps us keep making a number of shows per week, and it also, again, furthers the Barcelona community's conversation. And as we'd like to thank you for listening, as always, you can share us, like us, subscribe, do plenty of different things, and also check out some of our exclusive deals that we've shared with you in the description at the Barcelona Podcast, where we'll bring you all the hottest breaking stories from the Camp New. And, of course, until next time, for myself, Dan Hilton, and Francesco Tomas, we'll talk to you soon, and Forza Barca. Forza Barca. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.